All right, everyone. Welcome to Single Minded Conversations. I'm your host, Jesse Single. I'm very tired, but want to get one of these in today. Um, thank you guys. Some of you guys know who I am. I have a uh, podcast called Blocked and Reported, blockedandreported.org. I have a Substack, jessysingle.substack.com. Uh, mostly just talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, so feel free to jump in the queue. I wanted to talk a little bit about the biggest internet culture story of the last forever, which is Kiwi Farms, uh, which is a notorious sort of very toxic gossip site, I guess that's how you describe it, and the Twitch streamer Keffels, who according to media accounts is being chased around the world because Kiwi Farms keeps doxing and swatting and harassing her. Doxing is when you send the cops to someone's place. You say, uh, this person's going to shoot up the school, or you pretend to be them and say, I'm going to shoot up the school. Uh, this started with a swatting of Keffels at her place in um, London, Ontario, where they sent this ridiculous, uh, Matt, what did I say? Do no, doxing is revealing people's personal info. Swatting is sending cops or a SWAT team. I might have misspoken, uh, but SWAT swatting comes from SWAT, SWAT team. Anyway, one thing I've noticed about this is um, – so Kiwi Farms is an incredibly toxic place that regularly doxes people, you know, publishes their personal information. It has like very long threads about internet micro-celebrities who are genuinely mentally ill and they start to feel like they're being basically online stalked by these random people on Kiwi Farms. Um, and if you just – go there it's a very unpleasant place but they're like this whole controversy centers around basically whether uh <laughs> i'm so tired y'all uh this whole controversy centers around whether this website should be allowed to exist in any form like if you dig into it that's what it comes down to it's not the question of whether you know you like it or should endorse it it's it's sort of a fundamental question about the internet and free speech and I don't want to spoil too much of the podcast we recorded today because we went deep on this and I found some shit out uh, that I'm sort of looking forward to revealing because I think it's very interesting and isn't out yet. But um, Kiwi Farms is not like a terrorist site. It's not a far right site. It's not a Nazi site. And as soon as you say any of this, you'll be accused of defending Kiwi Farms or like loving Kiwi Farms. And because on Twitter, the worst thing is to be accused of liking the Nazis, this has led to some really bad journalism, where journalists who aren't familiar with this very strange, very toxic internet community say stuff about it that just isn't true. And this has borne on the debate of whether they are, in fact, responsible for these variable acts, that um, various acts that were committed by anonymous people. Uh, oftentimes they're committed by anonymous people who say, I'm from Kiwi Farms and I'm doing this. But like a really basic aspect of like 4chan culture and troll culture is false flag attacks. A big part of swatting, it, it's, a, it's a form of false flag attack. So you don't really know who is committing these acts. But a lot of journalists like are spreading misinformation about this site. And there's so much social pressure to be on the right side of a controversy like this that they're just not doing their job by spending time in the community they're writing about. Because it is a toxic place to visit. It's not fun. It's all slurs, and it's all making fun of troubled people. But watching journalists abdicate their responsibility to actually research the stuff they're writing about um, has been pretty disturbing. And I think this is a pretty high-stakes example, because in a situation like this where like really fundamental questions are at stake, 
you would want journalists to be skeptical. And being skeptical can include saying, I don't know if this is like a neo-Nazi website. That might be an exaggeration. Uh, I've got more. Do I think it was actually Kiwi Farms person that swatted Marjorie Taylor Greene or false flag? It was absolutely a false flag because the, so Marjorie Taylor Greene got swatted too by someone who said, gave the username of a person on Kiwi Farms, which if you were, <laughs> if you're swatting someone, which is illegal, you're not going to give your name. Um, I would suspect that was done by someone not on Kiwi Farms, but there's no, probably no one know. We will probably never know. Uh, Ned, what is up? Uh, I wanted to ask you about the BYU thing, but if you want to stay on Kiwi Farms... No, no, I'm happy to talk uh, about BYU. I'm actually working on a piece about the BYU thing today. I should be working on it right now. Well, I was glad to see your first one. Thanks. And it's such a fascinating story. And I uh, I just... This is one of the most hilarious things that a major university scapegoated a mentally handicapped person... (laughs) In order to get the yeah, uh, you know, let me to, just quick, to, quickly to give the background the here, in, the, in hopefully thirty seconds. But yeah, at a BYU women's volleyball game, um, the only black starter on Duke's team said that the crowd was hurling slurs at her, and the person they first thought was responsible was a guy who I think has autism or Asperger's, who may have awkwardly come up to her after the game and said something, but he. They had a cop next to him for part of the time, um, and there was video on him, and he just he never said a slur. So he was wrongly accused, and BYU reversed their suspension of him. And now BYU has basically come out with a statement saying um, after a comprehensive investigation, they don't think – they can't find any evidence anyone hurled a slur. And to be clear, um, I think it's most likely she misheard something and had a meltdown of some sort. And then – because she's 19, you know, in an unfamiliar setting, and then – her uncle, or sorry, her aunt and her father then exaggerated it, I think. I don't know what happened. I just don't think she lied. That's what I'm fairly convinced about. Anyway, Ned, go yeah, ahead. I agree it's not dishonesty. The best theory I've heard is that people were shouting, go, you know, it's the BYU Cougars. And yeah. maybe she thought that that was the N-word. Yeah. Um, but it raises some really interesting questions about what, I mean, the problem is we're probably never going to, like, how do you disprove a negative? We're probably never going to get dispositively to, like, this definitely didn't happen. But in light of the information that has come out, you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of ink spilled about this, and I'm going to be really interested to see who who actually walks it back in an intellectually honest way. Who like the, like one thing I, I remember noticing about you early on was you would like screenshot something that you fucked up and be like, yeah, I, I don't want to delete this completely, but like I'm deleting it because this. But it seems like these folks are just all going to continue along as if nothing ever happened, and it's like this the, the, like these things have consequences. Like that, yeah. how much it sucks to go to BYU and think that. Have people think like you're a white supremacist or you go to a school where, you know, calling a, a black person the N-word is is in any way acceptable. So That's, hopefully there will be some self-accountability uh, on this stuff. That was what stuck with me. And I mentioned this on Twitter was the New York Times account, like really painted a picture based on her um, father, her father's secondhand account of like a college gym at BYU where no one drinks in 2022, like really on the verge of a race riot or a lynching. And I think that gets back to like the journalistic group think thing, because I know that if like early on in this story, when doubts were first surfacing, if I had tweeted, do we, do we really think there was a near lynching in Utah in 2022, a hundred people would have said, are you kidding me? Of course there could be. Of course there could be. I mean, of course. So it's just 
similar to how you're going to have a bad time if you suggest Kiwi Farms is not literally a terrorist organization, anything from the maximalist, anything but the maximalist position online will bring you grief. And unfortunately, because journalists often spend 16 hours a day on Twitter, it influences their reporting. So I, um, yeah, the piece I'm working on now is going to talk a little bit about how the Times embarrassed itself on this. And as I said in my newsletter, they were beat by a small conservative campus paper that did a better job reporting than them, which tells you everything that you need to know about where we're at. Well, this is the problem is that as much as I hate uh, how insane the right is, it was the, the, uh, the, the right-leaning media. And not even like, you know, big-time media, like these little little sub-stacks, like, like, a, like a conservative student publication. Yeah, and, and uh, so they were... it's good to have a sane centrist like you pick up the story. Yeah, it's funny. I still consider myself very much on the left, but I guess on, on journalism, I'm a centrist. But yeah, like to be fair, they were accidentally in an ideological position where they could tell the story with no risk. They don't have to worry about their friends getting mad at them for raising the possibility um, this was false. But yeah, this was a, a really bad couple of weeks for journalism. For sure. Well, yeah, and I hope that Wilf- I see Wilfred Riley's used the term that, like the Jesse Single effect, like it's coming from within the uh, the, the, the the chapel. In terms of why they why they go after people? Uh, so hopefully that sticks because it is a useful term. But anyway, uh, thanks, man. I'll get out of the way. Let other people come up. But keep up thanks, the good sir. work. Yep. Patrick is next, and then got an empty queue after that. I, I have a few more thoughts on the Kiwi Farm scene, but I prefer to take questions and comments. Patrick, what's up? Well, it's your lucky day, Jesse, because I want to get into the mud about Kiwi Farm. Here we go. So, first and foremost, I think Kiwi Farm should have been shut down because their site design was atrocious. And the one or two times I went to it just to figure out, see what it was, uh, it hurt my eyes worse than the new Gawker website. So maybe, damn, maybe that's hate speech right there. Yeah, yeah, I say it with a black heart. That was actually the when I mentioned up top of our, the episode we just recorded. That was like one of the first things Katie said. Like she didn't comment on like the voluminous racial slurs or the online stalking of mentally ill people. She's like the design just really sucks. It was really bad. So I, I did learn some new uh, slurs there, or I, <laughs> I don't know if they have been determined to be slurs yet. Uh, the term "troon" seems like it would probably be a slur, so I'm only using that in like the. Uh, kind of talk context, not as an actual one, but uh, there's a lot of new slurs that are coming about uh, uh, these days, which I, I don't think the internet has de- has declared them martial law yet against. But anyways, uh, to the Kiwi Farm stuff. So the journalism on it seems to be really shallow so far. Uh, I keep seeing that there are like reports of three suicides linked to Kiwi Farms, but there are no details. Yeah. You suicide is a multifactorial thing. People have ongoing depression. You that really have, fucking. You, that, I'm sorry, not to interrupt. That really pissed me off. That people just as a throwaway line, or like the site was linked to three suicides because there's so much wrong with that. But sorry, continue. Well, yeah. So I, th- without more reporting, like were people on Kiwi Farms like harassing these people into suicide, or was it just three people on Kiwi Farms committed suicide? Because there are a lot, a lot of people on Kiwi Farms. Uh, one of the questions I do have for you, though, is uh, a journal ethics question. So one of the lol cows, as they use the term, is uh, Taylor Lorenz. And she has been one of the big proponents of like trying to get uh, Kiwi Farm shut down. Is there a conflict of interest in her kind of uh, reporting or speaking out on it, given the fact that she herself uh, is a target on the site? Yeah, that's tricky. I, I... 
I think there should be throw, a throwaway line when she writes about it. That's like, you know, as she's describing it, she, she could be like, they have threads on different figures they don't like, including this reporter. Um, I don't think I sometimes encounter that if I like want to criticize someone or write about them. And we had a negative interaction on Twitter three years ago. I don't think it's fair to like ask journalists to just not write about anyone who 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 instigates conflict with them. But yeah, I think I think it's like a parenthetical. Um, just quickly on the suicide thing, I'm familiar with two of the three cases, and I would just say a suicide is multifactorial. If you're already struggling and a site like Kiwi Farms latches onto you, it could be an exacerbating factor. But in two of the three cases where I know some details. It's just much more complicated. One of them involved like a really sick woman who lit herself on fire and prior to that was sending death and suicide threats to people off of Kiwi Farms. Uh, Another involved a sort of tale of intrigue involving a Japanese developer and allegedly stolen money and illegal. I mean, these stories are just like, really tangled but the ones i'm aware of are very far from like an otherwise well-functioning person was stalked by kiwi farms and then killed themselves there's just way more to them than that as there usually is in a, in a suicide story well yeah well those are completely uh crazy i'm actually more interested in like the money aspect and uh, the woman sounds like she had a lot of issues i think she I just had a really horrible farms. traumatic life and being on kiwi farms did not help but she was a really unwell person is my understanding but it just seems really unfair to say that x caused this kind of thing without even kind of going into all the details surrounding yes it. journalistically yes but also if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route let's talk about twitter and instagram and facebook you think there aren't suicides attributed attributable to harassment on those platforms it's just it's it's i find it to be very bad faith to make that point unless you're going to be very careful about it well jesse twitter is where people go to do the activism and good work of bettering society haven't you noticed all the societal changes directly attributed to? Uh, I forgot. They t- Twitter's where you go to tell the bad people to kill themselves. Kiwi Farms, they told good people to kill themselves. So it's very different. Yeah. Well, that was kind of my question uh, about it. Uh, I guess RIP Kiwi Farms, although I think it's back up on Russian servers. I don't really know how that works or. I had to download fucking Tor to report on this story, which annoyed me because I don't I don't want to be a nerd who has things like Tor on my computer. But I had to go to an Onion site, which I didn't know what that was three days ago. So I'm the real victim here is what I'm saying, Patrick. It definitely sounds good. Um, I want to punch you just for even hearing those words come out of your mouth. And I <laughs> was beating Elden Ring three times. So that's speaks Damn. a lot. See, now you want to punch me in the mouth is a violent threat on Colin. So we need to shut down Colin. Anyway, thank you for the call, Patrick. All right. Nick, what is up? Hey, how we doing? Good. Um, I wanted to piggyback on Ned's call about the BYU thing. He talked a bit about if there'll be like journalistic accountability. And I wondered like why anyone would expect there to be any accountability or why anyone would think that sort of hate hoaxes would stop happening when it feels like the accuser is consistently rewarded. Like uh, Bubba Wallace getting a documentary from Netflix months after the FBI finds nothing to support his claim. Uh, It sort of feels like they should keep happening. Like, why wouldn't they? I mean, you know, Jesse Smollett and this this woman 
will be harassed, if that's the term you want to use for the rest of their lives, because they're seen as hoaxers, and I, I don't think the volleyball player is. Um, there's definitely some incentives to portray yourself as having been victimized. That's like a pretty salient aspect of our culture. I was uh, sort of skeptical, like when, when that you know, theory first came out of victimhood culture. I just, I think it's true. I think you're right. I think people are to a certain extent rewarded from it, at least by some people. But, you know, the way to do this, the way to fix that is just journalism and pushback and, and creating spaces where you're allowed to question breaking news stories. Um, so Does that feel I, like it's happening though? Like, well, you know, I'm sure you saw the Duke statement, like they're lionizing her basically. Yeah. Um, the Duke statement was weak, but I, I don't know. I, I'm worried things are just going to get more and more balkanized. Like it's when I tweeted about this, it was all conservatives who retweeted me because they're like gloating. Uh, I, I think everyone should care about the truth. Of course, if it was a liberal coded story, it'd be liberals retweeting it. Uh, overall, I have some hope, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't think you should, but I appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> See, man. I, de- I demand that you be hopeless. Go Pats, indeed. I think I'm worried about tomorrow. Hey, hey what's up? Hello, Jesse. Am I too loud? Nope, you're good. I wanted to ask about the Kiwiox farm issue. Um, well, I was watching a thing today about it, actually. Um, and the issue that was interesting to me was the idea that, uh, like, Cloudflare effectively, like, with, it's almost impossible to have a site up without Cloudflare or some kind of DDoS protection. So if all DDoS protection sort of, like, uh, disavows you in the same way kind of like all banks do you have very very little options so i've always thought in terms of like well if you have a site to make your own site but you, you really can't like put a server in your own like in your apartment in the same way you could like you just can't protect yourself from ddos so i kind of wonder in ter- terms of like to me i think people have c- certain level of uh like you can ban people you should be able to look uh, like uh disallow people from using your service but to a certain degree kind of like when every bank or every like airline is like blocking you it kind of feels to me like it's gone past private businesses and something else does that make sense no i i made literally that exact same point on the podcast we recorded um you know which hopefully will be out tomorrow uh an argument over whether Graham Linehan should be on twitter whatever you think about it really does come down to a private company making its own decision about the kind of community it wants. And the response from the people in favor of banning Linehan types is they can go they can go somewhere else. They can go to a community that reflects their values. When you get to the realm of make it he can't go anywhere or Kiwi Farms can't go anywhere, these stakes get so much higher and there it's just such a more I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I have issues with the way Twitter handles free speech stuff too, but when you're getting to the place where it's like, no, you're not allowed to express these views anywhere, uh, it's really fraught. And in the case of Kiwi Farms, all the um, recently presented examples of illegal activity I'm aware of involve posts that were taken down almost immediately. As soon as they went up, there were two of them. So I'm, I'm really worried about this. I agree with you. This is not Cloudflare... As they said in their initial statement, it's not just like another thing. It's sort of the backbone of the internet. Yeah, basically, you have to, as I do, I understand it. You have to like use the same uh, methods as like the Silk Road and like drug dealers online in order to get like. That's why I had uh, to download fucking Tor. It's really annoying. Exactly. Yeah. So 
it seems kind of like you could say it's free uh, association. I think that's true. But yeah, like, like people say, like, you know, make your own site. Well, that's kind of like what they're trying to do. But you're trying to say you can't even do that. Like, yeah. There's no end to it. So, yeah, I guess you agree with me. So it's nothing to talk about. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah. And, um, and, and the interesting thing is um, Iceland tried to is, I guess it's fast moving. They basically banned Kiwi Farms. So Kiwi Farms can't set up on a .is suffix. And the other examples of times they've done that were the Pirate Bay which obviously promoted illegal activity and literal terrorist organizations. So that that's the camp Kiwi Farms getting put in. So uh, anyway, thank you for the call. Thank you. All right, we're going to do uh, oh, Jonah's up next and then tactical. Jonah, what's up? Jonah, you got to unmute yourself. All right, I'm going to go to the next caller, Jonah. If you get back in the queue, I will bump you to the front. Tactical procrastinating or procrastination? Whatever it is, I'm familiar with it. Tactical, what's up? We Okay. <laughs> I'm going back to Jonah. Let's see if this works. This is very compelling content. Jonah, can you hear me? Have I successfully unmuted myself? You have, yes. Welcome. Oh, fantastic. That was much more unintuitive than I thought it would be. Um, one of the, or I should say, two of the spheres of internet that I inhabit are both games criticism and film criticism. And I find them to be increasingly uh, heavily politi- politicized spaces. Well, I suppose every internet sphere is like that now. But it's gone to the point now where any sort of analysis about a game or a movie that isn't political is considered political in and of itself. Like, it has to be a sort of anti-politic, if that makes sense. Uh, how do you reconcile uh, valid uh, political critique within a game or a movie from the more sort of, like, uh, hand-fisted stuff? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, there's no clear dividing line because, um, you know, there's smart political critiques of games and dumb ones. I just – my – general view is most games writers are not equipped to do intelligent political critiques of games and it just it feels ham-fisted um that's not a satisfying answer but to me bad criticism involves some degree of mind reading like you know the game designers uh what they're really saying with this image is blank and then that interpretation is just really strained and uncharitable um to me that's one characteristic of like ham-fisted criticism and then also just like the injection of of themes i guess okay so one example is like there was a long ago excuse me a long ago controversy about in like the witcher universe about them not having enough dark-skinned characters and to me it's just a little bit of a stretch because the witcher takes place in like i think a polish fantasy world where most people were white and I think you can want diverse characters, but realize that not every universe is going to have the full rainbow hue of humans. So there's just, I don't know. It's like sort of offense archeology span or like opportunistic criticism, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah. I feel like I, I just don't have like a hard and fast rule for what I consider legitimate versus silly criticism. Cause there probably isn't one, right? No, no, I totally understand. And the most fields of criticism are sort of, uh, a form of entertainment in and of themselves. So it's not the same as like a political analysis of specific policy or technology or something along those lines. Yeah. 
yeah, I am. Um, a lot of it I just find unreadable. I basically don't. I, I, out of habit, I read like Kotaku, Polygon, IGN, but anything involving politics or issues like that, I just stay away. Or I write it about it so I can, or I read about it so I can write about it and make fun of it. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the call, Jonah. Yeah, thank you for your time. Praveen, what's up? Praveen, got to hit the little unmute mic button. Yeah, I do think there's a uh, UX issue here. A lot of people have trouble with this. All right, Praveen, if you get back in the queue, I'll uh, bump you to the front. Neil, what's up? Hey, Jesse. So hey. I was wondering, so this is a bit old of an update, but I was wondering if you were following the update to the UC Berkeley, um, like NIMBY slash housing construction situation, because I think it's kind of interesting. I am not. I know that Berkeley okay. is a beautiful place where no one is ever allowed to build housing. Yeah, basically. So last month they finally, so there was a, an injunction, but then it was like limited time. So it finally expired beginning of August. And so they began building on like August 3rd and all the like homeless tents were cleared out, but there was like massive protests and apparently $1.5 million in damages were done by the protesters. And so the, the uh, university halted construction at like two days later and then there was another appeal, right? And so there was another injunction issued. And so uh, pending the appeal results in October, they still can't do any construction. And just like overnight, like all the tents came back and all this stuff. And so there's still just no more housing. It's just really interesting. I don't know. Uh, that's insane. I'll, I'll look into that more. My, uh, I have a friend who works in affordable housing in California. And just the stories he tells me make me want to pull my hair out. Uh, I will look into that. Thank you, Neil. Yeah, it's really I, I interesting think- because... Uh, you know, I'm a student at UC Berkeley, so I just walk by that park every day. It's like, oh, this was a national news story, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'll check that out. Anything else, still? No, no. I won't cool. be able to benefit from the housing, cause, you know, because I'm graduating this year. But, you know. Whatever. Future generations. Future students, yeah. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. Anyway, so. Praveen, let's see if we can get the mic working. All right. How's it? How's it going? There we go. Oh, you had it for a sec. There we go. There's a delay. Um, I was wondering about, um, I I don't know, I missed the first half, but um, if you guys talked about like Rachel, um, the volleyball player, because like, um, like, it doesn't seem like, like she's like, we considered like, it's not like considered a hoax, I guess right now. But if you, like, look at her statement afterwards, like, she said, like, um, that she felt unsafe, like, that they were threatening her. And so, like, escalated from just, like, randomly hearing a slur to then accusing somebody and then also to being threatened. And, like, how could, like, is, does she have any, like, more culpability or, like, like how can we don't consider her more, like, a just uh, Jesse Smollett? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I'm having mic issues, too. Um, I don't know. I, I just intuitively think... When I consider the two possibilities of a young woman who might have some issues mishearing something and then a game of telephone spiraling from there or opportunistic relatives seeking the spotlight spiraling from there versus her fabricating something from whole cloth in a situation where it would be very easy to see she was lying, I just lean toward the, the former and I you know I try to be charitable overall. Um, but it's not impossible she lied and made it up. Uh, it's just you got to realize – like. Other hoaxes 
are harder to debunk than this one because everything was recorded and she she's she's going to be in for a world of hurt. I mean, think about what the kind of shit she's going to get harassment wise. So I find that less likely, but I guess it's a possibility. Um, and I was also just wondering about the BYU situation. Like, how much do you think is like self inflicted on BYU by themselves? Like, did they have like the wrong response like initially? And like, I guess like Rachel, she said like part of her response was like from her anti racist training that she's kind of pushing BYU to like implement something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know if you had any thoughts about like BYU. What training. was that? What was that last thing about anti racism training? Um, she just credited like um, you know she just said you have to. Um, she didn't think that they responded well enough and that um, you just can't indicate that you're not a racist, but you have to demonstrate you're anti-racist. But oh, she doesn't right. like, give any examples of like how to do that. And I know there's been complaints from like some groups on campus, like they should be implementing like anti-racist training and things like that. Yeah. Um, BYU obviously shouldn't have copped to it immediately. I understand why they did from an institutional perspective, but they should have said, we take this very seriously. We think we found the guy who did it. We're investigating and we'll have our results hopefully within a week. They could have said that and saved themselves a lot of trouble. But in the moment, uh, there's such outrage. I understand why they did it that way. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, How's it? Praveen. Hello. What's up, Jesse? Hey. Sorry for the inconvenience. No worries. Uh, how are you, Jesse? I'm good. What's on your mind? Yeah, this is my first chat with you. Welcome. Like, I don't know, like, what exactly you're talking about. Like, what single-minded conversation? What do you mean, like that? What do I mean by single-minded? Yeah. Oh, um, well, maybe. Do you have a specific question? Single-minded is just the name of my newsletter, and then single-minded conversations is sort of this show, which is an offshoot of my newsletter. Newsletter. Yeah. jessysingle.substack.com. Is that so? Okay, okay. Like, uh, I'll get back to you to uh, like to the next chat. I'll go. Yeah. Like, Love to have you back. Thank you, Praveen. All right. We're going to do Pierre and then Denny, and then we're all going to go clubbing in our respective cities, I'm sure. Hey, Jesse. Hey. Hey. I'm wondering if you're okay going in a different direction. I kind of yeah. wanted to talk about... Um, how different uh, people who are critical of the Russian investigation, how they use the term Russiagate. And from my perspective, I think it's used very loosely and used in different ways, depending on what they're trying to get out of it. Yeah. Um, some people use it to deny that Russia interfered like altogether. And then some people use it um, just for the collusion aspect. Although sometimes I feel like mo mostly it's, just to, they don't like to say outright that they deny that Russia interfered at all, but they kind of, it's implied. And it kind of bugs me because I feel like if you're using it as a cudgel for other issues, you've got to be more specific about what you're actually claiming. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. And I, I think there's some folks who, I mean, my understanding is basically. Yeah, Russia obviously tried to interfere. WikiLeaks, they set up these weird Facebook pages. I think the WikiLeaks leak was obviously effective. I think some of Russia's social media stuff was actually kind of ineffectual. It would be like some fake Facebook group with 20 people. And then the other side of it, of course, is the Trump campaign's connections to Russia and particularly the whole thing with um, the Ukrainian ambassador, which was legit. But, yeah, some outlets made it – 
Uh, I got a little bit out over their skis and, you know, suggested Trump is like a, a Russian uh, tool or whatever. And it was silly, but I find the use of Russiagate as just like a, a straightforward way of like dismissing all of mainstream media a little bit silly. I agree with you, but you could just get more specific, right? Like if I've seen super cuts of Rachel Maddow seeming to exaggerate this stuff, just, just point to that directly. I think it's um sometimes a sort of silly or blunt charge. So I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, just to add on real quick before I sign off, if that's okay, like, I'll, like, have some back and forth with someone, and I'll say, well, I agree that the media played it up for, you know, XYZ reasons, you know, ratings or coping for the loss of, you know, Clinton losing. The cope cope was huge. I think it served a really important psychological purpose because none of us could understand how Trump could actually win. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not discounting that and i'm not discounting that it was you know i mean it was kind of honestly from someone who was a a, you know anti-trump like yeah it's a very interesting thing to follow it was something it was very like entertaining but that doesn't mean it was like done in a responsible way by everyone um but then i'll like say okay collusion obviously they didn't prove that but then i'll say something like but I think the, there was evidence of interference. And then instead of like addressing that, they'll go, they'll deflect and say, well, it was played up. But that's not really addressing like the core claim. So yeah, yeah I just kind of, kind of bugs me. That's all. No, I, I'm, I think you're probably arguing with jerks and I have that same addiction. I mean, I don't know if they're jerks, but people, yeah. there's a lot of people who on a lot of subjects just aren't worth engaging with because they've made up their mind, you know? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Pierre. Thanks. Danny, what is up? Well, just a quick, easy one. Then we can all go dancing. I was uh, uh, wondering if you saw the thing about uh, AI art and uh, like the person that was writing for the Atlantic that uh, you know used the generated image and everybody got all hurt and so they pulled their article. Charlie Warzel, right? So this was he used Dolly to illustrate one of his um, articles, and and artists were mad that they didn't, he didn't commission someone to pay for it. Indeed. It was my understanding is it was a complete controversy because he he's a newsletter writer for the Atlantic and he has a I think like a Getty photo subscription or something like that to illustrate his newsletter so he would never have paid in much the same way I don't do commissions from my newsletter it wouldn't have happened with him anyway as as for the broader issue like I don't know it sucks to be an artist it's incredibly hard to make a living I'm sure AI art will make it even harder but that's not Charlie Warzel's I bet do you think it was just maybe like a lot of resentful like there are so academic Twitter is a miserable place with a lot of like insecure untenured people and whenever there's an academic blow up the unhappy people just swarm and sort of project their resentments onto the present controversy do you think there could have been an element of this where Warzel was just like an easy target Oh, for sure. Yeah, as, you know, the pearl clutching and caterwauling, you know, uh, uh, taking taking money out of poor artists, you know. I wonder if this is going to be the thing. Like, I mean, we're all going to have to contend with, like, how good uh, that stuff is getting, right? And in all yeah. of our professions. So, you know, uh, uh, it's probably not healthy to be like, oh, you know, like, you're not putting that genie back in a bottle, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, people love to, you know, it, 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 it's a... Uh, People love outrage and stuff, so yeah, I guess it's uh, expected, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting blow up. Thank you, Denny. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's go dance. All right.
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, I do need a gut rollout. I, w- I was absolutely joking. There's no dancing in my future. I'm so tired, and I have so much work left to do today. But thank you for joining me, Jamile and uh, Eli, or Ellie. Eli, probably. Um, if you ping me via chat in the next room, I'll bump you to the front. Because I'm sorry you had to wait and then didn't get to talk. Everyone else? I hope you have a good weekend. As always, if you like the show, please tell other people about it. Just go check out Kiwi Farms. Totally, totally innocent place. Definitely no slurs. Definitely no new slurs. So that's a good way to spend the rest of your weekend. Bye, everybody.